Welcome back to the program. Let's get started with prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' holy name, and in these days leading up to Pentecost, Lord, we look to you and to the Son, and we cry out, send forth the promise, the promise of you, O Father. Send forth the advocate that whom you promised, O Son of God. Holy Spirit of love, you who are the love of the Father and the Son, be released within us in new ways. We do call upon the great saints of Pentecost, the great saints who were devoted to you, O Holy Spirit of God. Please pray for us and pray with us right now. This is our moment. Help us to recognize the the grace of this moment. Help us not to miss out, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. I love you, Holy Spirit. And I want to be a, a more fervent and docile uh, follower of you, O Holy Spirit of God. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. I know that um, uh, this is Faith and Family Fridays, and so typically this is a Kerry day. Kerry has been displaced for the moment by St. Philip Neri. And I hope that you'll get some uh, wisdom, some insight from uh, from me. I know that you appreciate the uh, the genuine uh, dialogue that we have. <laughs> Sometimes there's a little bit of energy there, but I try to keep it real, and and, and that's my hope as well. Uh, let me see. I just uh, also last night at midnight, my daughter Ariana came home from her world race. That's right. She spent uh, her first year after high school traveling, not traveling, that doing missionary work in Guatemala, Romania, and Swaziland in something called the World Race. It is uh, something sponsored by Adventures in Missions, and she was with a squad of about 50 uh, young people, maybe closer to 40, uh, uh, like her, uh, high school graduates, who were making a decision to spend a year just grounding their identity in Christ and uh, uh, living, uh, learning to live their lives as a mission for God. That what they got to experience in a way that was set apart for them, the intense, the, like it's intensely this, intentionally this, then they can take this back to their daily lives. They can take this back to whatever they do next. And so... Uh, I am excited to be able to have her come on and share some of the fruits that happened and some stories of, of what it was like for her to be on the world race. Uh, and so I'll, I'll leave that there. Today is the Feast of St. Philip Neri. That's why I, um, sorry, Carrie, Carrie got bumped. We're, uh, we're in these days leading up to Pentecost. So that's our focus right now. If you want to be a good husband, a good father, a good wife, a good mother, cry out to the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, it dawned on me this morning, okay, when I was praying, uh, not only are we just tempted to let prayer get crowded out, uh, let prayer be uh, distracted by other things, other busynesses, it dawned on me today why the Liturgy of the Hours is such a powerful way to at least not maybe start your day and be incorporated into your morning prayer time. So I know that you, one of the things that we, you hear it, you can't go far into a talk on, on growing in faith without saying daily prayer, daily prayer, daily prayer. And if they go further into how do you have a daily prayer time, the recommendation is if you have any possibility of doing it, make it the first thing. Have it be the first thing you do. I'm telling you, and you already probably know this, that when you put God first, the relationship with the Lord first, not just in your intention, but in your action, the Lord moves. Not only does he move on you, but he He clears away obstacles in the course of the day. He makes things easier. Now, that's not why to do it, but the Lord is a constant companion. He's a trusted companion. He is. He knows the end from the beginning, and he has all power in his hands. And why it is we leave God out of the first actions that we take, the first portion of our day, is beyond me. Actually, it's not beyond me. It's something that I'm faced with on a daily basis. And the biggest enemy is busyness. 
The second enemy is the tiredness that comes from wasting time the night before. That's right. One of the great traps of the devil is to keep you so busy that you don't have time to pray. The other trap is to uh, have you be dissipated and have you be so wasteful in your lifestyle, focusing on comfort, that guess what? I'm too tired to get up and pray well in the morning. And guess who is really brilliant on this? St. Philip Deary. When he talks about distraction, dispersion, and diversion, distraction, dispersion, and diversion as these things that uh, rob us of going deeper into our spiritual lives. So we're going to, we are going to be blessed by St. Philip Neri today. But when I say to you, uh, not only am I saying to you, take prayer time in the morning, one of the things that I have found is that the liturgy of the hours can be such a gift. It's the divine office, the liturgy of the hours, right? The breviary that you use. Uh, and, and sometimes you'll find uh, some of those prayers, I think in like the Magnificat, I think they have morning prayer there. But now with uh, online apps, there's just no excuse to not have easy accessible. I use the divine office app just to kind of uh, guide me to make sure, oh, it's a feast day. I use a different page, but it's super easy to be able to guide me to my breveries. Now, uh, I have the, these four volumes of the breviary that um, take me through the liturgical year, and I've had them for over 30 years. Uh, well, since 1984, 85. So these books have walked with me quite a ways. So not only do I have the history of praying with these books, but even more, and this is really the key. When I start my prayer, I don't have to think about or figure out, well, how should I start? What should I pray about? What should my prayer time consist of? And so that gets taken away. And even if you were to say, well, I'll just sit quietly before the Lord. I don't know about you, but for me, sitting quiet before the Lord is this incredible gift, this quiet prayer, contemplative prayer, uh, mental prayer that, that becomes more and more quiet in, in, the, in the activity the brain quiets down. Praying the Liturgy of the Hours can help dispose one. I know that it disposes me to move from the praying of the liturgy of the hours. So whether that's the invitatory psalm, right? That's Psalm 95. That's the first prayer prayed in the liturgy of the hours. And then you have the office of readings, but that can be prayed at any time during the day. And then morning prayer is that first hinge hour. And I, I want to encourage you to do that. Why? What's, what's so powerful about praying the Liturgy of the Hours? Number one, you don't have to figure out what you're going to pray. You can just follow along with the church's prayer. Two, oh, you're following along with the church's prayer. It's a liturgical prayer. It's, it's considered liturgy, the divine office, the Liturgy of the Hours. Oh, wait a minute. The Liturgy of the Hours. That means something. It means that Christ, the high priest, is the principal agent in prayer, the principal actor in the prayer. It's Christ the priest who is leading the prayer of his body, the church. So when you pray the Liturgy of the Hours, not only do you not have to figure out what you're going to pray, but you are praying the prayer of the church. And that means you're praying with so many hundreds of thousands, probably millions of other Catholics, priests, brothers, religious sisters around the world, you're joining with them. So there's a spiritual benefit, a spiritual solidarity, a spiritual sense of connection and power that will flow as you're entering into the prayer of the church. And not only that, but it's also the prayer of Christ. So you don't even have to wonder, is Christ part of my prayer time? Where is the Lord Jesus in my prayer time? It's right there. You're praying the Liturgy of the Hours. It's Christ who's leading the prayer. You're being caught up in the prayer of Christ to the Father. But there's more in addition to the fact that you don't have to make it up. It's the prayer of the church. It's the prayer that Christ is leading. It's liturgical prayer. It's also scripture. Scripture is the word of God. The God-breathed word. The God-inspired word. So it's not ordinary words. It's not you just saying the words that you want to say. It is 
God breathed words. And so when you allow yourself to enter into scripture, you are once again having an encounter with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's a Trinitarian facet of scriptural prayer. Ooh, that sounds pretty cool. What am I talking about? A Trinitarian facet to reading scripture. Well, this is what the church says. This is what the church teaches. This is not me. Look at Dei Verbum, not Dei Verbum, um, look at um, Agentes, which is the document on missionary activity. And uh, it, it says there that in the reading of scriptures, when you read the scriptures, the Father comes lovingly to speak to his children. Did you hear that? When you pray with the scriptures, you are disposing yourself. No, even better. The Lord is disposing you and moving you to become disposed, to become ready and receptive to God the Father, extending, expressing, and manifesting his fatherly care for you. Do you doubt or wonder about the Father? God the Father, who is he? Who is he for me? What does it mean that he's my Father? He's Abba, Father in my life. Read the scriptures. Wait a minute. You don't have to figure out what to read. Read the Liturgy of the Hours, and you're going to be reading these beautiful Psalms, these beautiful Psalms, and other scriptures in the course of your reading of the Invitatory Psalm, the Office of Readings, Morning Prayer. You don't, you don't have to do all of them. Honestly, sometimes I only get through the Invitatory Psalm, Psalm 95. And it's, I pray it every day. But it, it, praying that scripture makes me like, be, on, uh, be on my game. Right? I don't want to just go through the motions. Oh, I know this prayer by heart. You know, I, I, I have it memorized. So I could just say it out loud. But then it could just fade in its awareness of what am I actually saying? And then I, it's like I, I've lost a sense of faith or alertness uh, that this is the living word. And the living word of God is a word that can strike my heart in a whole new way today that it never has before, even though I've prayed it for 35 years. This might be a day where the Lord's word asks something of me he's never asked before. And am I open and ready to receive and respond to that word? So it's, it's the father comes lovingly to speak to his children. But it is also, and the catechism says this, quoting St. Thomas Aquinas. In the scriptures, the heart of Christ is made manifest. Oh, did you hear that? Oh, did you hear that? When you read the scriptures, the heart of Jesus Christ is made manifest. That, that sacred heart of Jesus. We're about to enter into the, the month dedicated to the sacred heart of Jesus. Are you aware? Are you, is that, does that mean anything? Is that, gonna, is that gonna make any difference? Read the scriptures. Read the Liturgy of the Hours as a, as a discipline when you wake up in the morning. Begin with the Liturgy of the Hours. And when you do, when you sit down, to read, and you open up that breviary, right, that Liturgy of the Hours book, or even if you follow along on the app, on an app like the Divine Office app or, or some other app, uh, you will you will be able to come into contact, be, have an encounter, have a living meeting with the love that's in the pierced heart of Christ for you. His heart of compassion, his heart of mercy, his heart is burning with love for you. And you can know that. Presence and power, presence and power. The personal meeting with Jesus Christ. So, but I said it's Trinitarian. It's Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. What about the Holy Spirit? Well, the Word of God has the Holy Spirit as the author. And the traditional way of entering into the time of reading scripture in prayer is to pray a prayer to the Holy Spirit. And, and essentially the prayer to the Holy Spirit 
when you're about to read the scriptures is, oh, Holy Spirit, inspire me now, the reader, as you inspired the human author of this text. Inspire me now, the reader, so that I would read it not simply as words of human beings, but as what it really is, a word from God. And that is the grace and gift of the Holy Spirit. Back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Hey, welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Kern. It is great to be with you today. So there is a a Pentecost rally coming up, and that is sponsored by Western Washington Catholic Charismatic Renewal. It's happening on Sunday at St. Thomas in Tequila. You heard uh, the guest Kevin Minetti was on. He's coming up, and it's on uh, Abide in Christ. And that's the theme, and it's about new wine and new wineskins. It's from 2 to 5 in the afternoon. And so I'm, I've been talking to you about praying the Liturgy of the Hours. Well, In order to have this kind of living encounter with the living God when we get up to pray in the morning by reading the Liturgy of the Hours, it requires the power of the Holy Spirit. At Western Washington Catholic Charismatic Renewals event, WWCCR, WWCCR's uh, event uh, on this Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, 2 to 5 in the afternoon, uh, you will go and you'll have, uh, you'll be surrounded by folks who have this expectant faith that the Holy Spirit is, is this living Lord who's poured down upon us, who's alive within us, who'll be released within us, and will have new gifts and graces for us. That's something that I and Carrie would participate in so regularly in the course of our own lives of faith. When she was younger, when I was younger, and then when we met, uh, we would regularly be going to Catholic Charismatic prayer meetings and Catholic Charismatic conferences, retreats, events, and special days, especially around Pentecost Sunday. And so uh, it happening at St. Thomas and Tequila, where Carrie and I were married. Lots of memories there. Very, very powerful. So I, I hope you'll go, especially if you're listening to this and you're stirred a little bit, and you're like, you know what? I'd love to have my morning prayer, have this sense of an encounter with the Father lovingly speaking to me, because he knows the words I need to hear. He knows exactly what you're facing today. He knows the word that will comfort you, console you, that will give you wisdom, that will give you the grace to surrender and let go, that will uh, sever connections to voices that are, are um, lies and deceptions. He'll, he'll wash away the cloudiness. The heart of Christ will be made manifest to you as you read the Liturgy of the Hours, because Christ the High Priest is there leading the prayer, and you'll come to know his heart. You'll come to know his word and love for you. But then there's the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is this gift given from the Lord precisely to be our advocate, to be our strength, to, be, to give us the grace to do what we can't do on our own. All, all prayer is a gift. St. Augustine, all prayer is a gift. Catechism of the Catholic Church, prayer is a gift. We are powerless before the Lord. Catechism of the Catholic Church on prayer, look at it. The, the, the beginning of the fourth pillar, the fourth section of the catechism is on prayer. And that's what its first section is on, that prayer is a gift. Human beings are beggars before God, quoting Augustine. And so we rely on the grace of the Holy Spirit to make our prayer alive. Now, the other thing that this will do is that the Psalms that are chosen in the Liturgy of the Hours, whether it's Invitatory Psalm 95, whether it is Office of Readings and those Psalms, or whether it is Morning Prayer, again, this is, I'm just talking about starting your day, starting your day. You'll find that these Psalms are many of them first-person prayers. They're first-person cries to God. And this is where you'll find the scriptures to be such an incredible gift. Such an incredible gift because the words of the scriptures, again, it's the living word. It's the living word when the Holy Spirit makes it alive for you. Uh, All of a sudden, these first-person prayers in these Psalms, they will find a home in you. They will be able to give expression to, to, to things happening in your life, things happening in your spirit, things that are, are part and parcel of your life that, that you're having a hard time naming, God's word takes over. And all of a sudden, you can let God's word carry you. Let God's words bear you up and, and express what you can't find words for. And so... You got my recommendation, right? 
Begin your day with prayer. Set aside. Now, praying, if you pray the, if you just pray the, the, the invitatory psalm and the office of readings, it's about 15 or 20 minutes. And if you're going to do that, and if you take out the office of readings, uh, the morning prayer is right around the same length of time, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, and, and maybe that's an easier one to start with, morning prayer. Uh, and if you do that, you'll want to have some time set aside in, for sure once it's done. You don't want to feel like, okay, I've got to get through the liturgy of the hours. I've got to get through morning prayer so that uh, then I can head off to work or move on with my day. No, 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 no. Please, please have some time set apart after the liturgy of the hours for silence. For silence. You may even want to have a notebook because you'll find in silence, you'll find that the Lord's communicating to you. Whoa, did you hear what I just said? <laughs> You'll find that the Lord is communicating to you. Not only will there be fruit, like the fruit of, ah, I'm more at peace. Ah, I feel more surrendered. Ah, I feel like I can trust. Ah, I've got some hope. All of a sudden, the, 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 the horizon in my emotional, psychological life, in, in my mind, in my heart, it's opened up. That's a gift from God. That's a gift he wants to give you. That's why it's so important. We give the Lord a chance to minister to us first things first. He's our first relationship, our most important relationship, our most fundamental relationship. You know what? You do that, you'll be a better you. You'll be a much better you. But not only that, but you'll be a better you in your state in life, your state in life, your husband, your father, your wife, your mother, your grandparent. Uh, when you go to work, you'll be a better you. You'll have more patience and kindness. You'll be that, you'll, you'll be a radiator of that peace and joy that I've been talking about, right? This is not something extraordinary in terms of the Christian life. This is ordinary Christianity. This is ordinary believer stuff. This is not great saint stuff. This is ordinary believer stuff is the living Lord, the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, ministering to you in love, caring for you, washing over you, blessing you, filling you with strength, giving you a sense of his presence and power at work in your day, all by reading the liturgy of the hours and then sitting in silence. Come on, isn't that worth a try? It, it, and last thing, if you feel like it's too much, if you feel like, I just, it's just, I, I, I tried and failed. I, I try and I wake up, I'm too tired. I try, I, I wake up and all of a sudden the kids come crashing in. When they got up earlier. And sure enough, something happens. Yeah, expect there to be difficulties, right? You remember what I've said. When, when you're trying to grow in the spiritual life and you're trying to introduce something new, these are the things that you should expect. These are the things that you should, whether it's, oh, let me start praying with my spouse. Let me start praying with my kids. You should expect, let me start praying the Liturgy of the Hours. You should expect, number one, that it's going to be foreign. It's going to feel awkward. It's, it's not going to feel very natural. The second is, you should expect resistance. And that resistance might be inside of you. That resistance might be from the others that you're leading, especially your kiddos. If you're introducing a new discipline, a new practice into your life of your family, expect that it's going to be awkward. It's going to feel foreign. Don't let that stop you. You should expect to experience resistance inside of yourself. Why am I doing this? Nothing's happening. This doesn't make any sense. I'm wasting my time. Don't let that stop you. Expect it. The third is, here's another one you should remember, You'll, you're going to fail. <laughs> Isn't this encouraging? Isn't this like walking the path of faith? It's awkward and foreign. It's going uh, to be resisted, and you're going to fail. It, it's not going to just jump from glory to glory, and you're going to not just have like the heavens are breaking open, and you're going to hear the angels singing. No, that's not the way it works. Expect to fail. It's like, I didn't get anything out of that. That seemed to be a waste of time. I fell asleep. 
I kept getting drawn off a track. Uh, my kids keep interrupting the prayer, and so then I threaten them with another rosary. <laughs> so the, those are the three things that you should expect. And then the fourth is um, you should expect to be attacked, to be attacked spiritually, right? Not just resistance, but attacked. You should expect to be attacked by the devil. The, the realm of the demonic will hate that you are taking intentional, serious efforts to grow in your spiritual life. So, awkward and foreign. You're going to experience resistance. You're going to fail. You're going to be attacked. And then the last one, you'll experience breakthroughs. You'll experience the gracious fulfillment of the purpose of prayer. You'll begin to see fruit. You'll begin to sense the presence and power of the living Lord. You'll begin to have a greater sense of the light of faith. Your sense of identity of who you are will be more and more rooted in Christ. The idea of keeping the Lord first and going after him as your first relationship and your deepest identity is going to grow in you. Those are all wonderful fruit. That, that, that's the journey. That's the journey if you're going to launch into a life of prayer uh, or just some new spiritual discipline. That's what you should expect, right? All of those things. So uh, if you're going to walk that path, do you know what would be super helpful? The power of the Holy Spirit that God intends for you to operate in. Okay, let me say that phrase again. God expects, God intends, God wills for you to move forward in your life of faith through the power that he has provided, through the grace, through his own divine life coursing through your spirit. You were never intended to live the life as a Catholic Christian disciple apart from his power. You were not meant to do that. That's what Pentecost is all about. Pentecost and the lives of the early church was what turned hiding believers into fearless proclaimers. Fear-filled followers became fearless evangelists. The difference was Pentecost. And you can experience Pentecost. It's not just an idea. It's not just some inspirational saying. No, you were intended to experience Pentecost. It made all the difference in my life. I am so grateful to God for the gift he's given me. And I would be remiss, no, even more. I'll be held accountable if I don't tell you to cry out to the Lord and say, please, Jesus, do what John the Baptist said you came to do. He said that he came to baptize with water, but you, Jesus, would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so I beg you, you intended something for me. When you gave me the gift of being born into a family where I was baptized, you intended something for me when you had me be part of a family or a journey that had me be confirmed. And the church proclaims that this was my connection to Pentecost. My personal Pentecost happened when I was confirmed. And if I wasn't aware of it then, Lord, I'm aware of it now. And I don't want to go another day, another hour without experiencing the full release of the gift and the graces and the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you willed for my life when I was baptized and when I was confirmed. And so I say and I pray for all of my brothers and sisters that are out there listening to this program right now, for each of them and all of them and me too, Jesus, please, we beg you together in your holy name and with the beautiful, sweet intercession of St. Philip Neri, St. Seraphim of Sarov, the Blessed Mother herself, St. Joseph, and all of our patron saints and guardian angels, come, Holy Spirit, do not hold back. Jesus, baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Release within us the gifts and graces of Pentecost in a whole new way, a whole new dimension, a whole new level. We are tired of living half 
We're tired of living our lives of faith on half power. We want full power. We want the fullness of your power, Holy Spirit, moving in us, moving through us, releasing within us gifts and graces of the Holy Spirit. We were called and planted in this moment. You have also equipped us. And so now release these gifts, release these anointings for us to become saints fulfilling the God-given mission that is ours. Lord, that's what we want with our lives. More than we want riches, more than we want power, more than we want fame, more than we want comfort, more than we want ease. We want you to be glorified by your will being done in our lives. And we don't have to guess what that is. You intend for us to be saints, to shine forth your divine life in this world. And you call us to do that in accord with our God-given mission. Lord, we don't always know what all that means, but we do know this. Make it happen, Lord. Make it so. We say yes. We sign up. We know we can't do it apart from your Holy Spirit. We can't even get up and pray without your Holy Spirit. We get distracted in prayer without your Holy Spirit. We will forget to pray without your Holy Spirit. We fall short in our prayer without your Holy Spirit being released within us in a whole new way. So Holy Spirit, be fire. Holy Spirit, bring fire. Holy Spirit, set on fire our spirits. Make us like the burning bush. Do it again, Lord. Make us burning bushes for our own homes our own families, our own relationships, our own workplaces, our own parishes. Lord, you came to cast a fire upon this earth and you have this desire to press on until it happens. Lord, let that desire be fulfilled in our lives. That's what we want, Lord. That's what we ask for. And with that beautiful, sweet intercession of St. Philip Neri on his feast day, hear our cry in Jesus, your sweet and holy name. Amen. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Back in a minute. What's out inside? All right, I'm back. You know, I love you guys. I do. I really do love you guys. We'll hopefully see each other in heaven and celebrate. But I, the reason why I do what I do is because God has given me a love for you. He's given me such a desire to be of service to my brothers and sisters who are Catholics or Christians, just disciples of Jesus. I just want to help you. I just want to help you carry the load that is yours by helping you understand the truths of our faith, to appreciate the beauty of our faith, and to live the goodness of our faith. I would be so happy for you to come from confusion to understanding, come from doubt to faith, come from uh, questioning to standing in awe of what it is the Lord has revealed about who he is and how we are to live our lives. That's, That's the truth of our faith. And the Lord has blessed me with a stewardship to do this because of the gracious path that I was able to walk to study as much theology as I did. Not just that I studied, but where I studied and the teachers I had and the mentors I had and the amazing theologians that the Lord put in front of me and philosophers the Lord put in front of me. What a gift. But that gift is a stewardship and I just want to hand on to you what I've received. That's all I want to do. I I wanted to do it faithfully so that you would you would be so excited about your Catholic faith. But it's not just understanding the truth in in some kind of logical, systematic way. So says the systematic theologian. (laughs) I want that to give rise to a sense of the glory of God, the divine majesty, the the holy beauty of God. I I want you to be able to, to look around at your life, and even in the midst of darkness and squalor, difficulties and trials, to be able to say, God's glory is shining forth right now. God's glory is here. And I can glimpse God's glory, the glory of the, of the reality of heaven that we're headed towards. I can glimpse it here and now on earth. That's what I want. That's, that's why I, I talk what I talk about. It's why I bring on the guests that I do. I want you to have a sense of real appreciation, a real sense of 
of gratitude to God for his glory, that he's such a glorious, divinely majestic and beautiful God. But then let's not leave out, we talked about truth and beauty. There's the goodness. Goodness is about flourishing. Goodness is about the gifts that God is pouring in and filling you to overflowing. I don't just want you to understand the faith. I want you to encounter the living God to fill you to overflowing, like St. Philip Neri, who experienced the Holy Spirit as fire coming into his chest. He rolled on the ground and cried out, relent, relent, back off, it's too much, I can't take it. I want that for you. I want that for you. I want you to stand in awe and wonder, to shake your head, to go out before the night sky, to look up into the heavens and just shake your head with your mouth open and a smile on your face and you saying, God, why are you so good to me? God, your goodness is overwhelming. I'm overwhelmed by who you are and all that you've done for me. Lord, how can I, how can I make a return to you for all the goodness, for all the good that you've done for me? That's what I want. I want you to flourish. And not just you, but the people that are important to you, the relationships that are so crucial to you that can be such a source of pain and suffering. I want you to know that the Father cares for them more than you. That Jesus died for them and gave his life and suffered through and with your loved ones when they are in places that are broken and lost and far from you. He has not abandoned them. And I want you to have that sense of the Holy Spirit so alive in you that you'll cry out, Abba, Father, that you'll be able to discern and sense his nudges, his promptings, his, his, uh, his sense of, uh, of, 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 of pushing you, you know, pushing you to, to, to do this, to avoid that, to say this, and to think that, Right? That, that's why I'm here. This, this is why I do what I do on the radio. And, and the gift of Sacred Heart Radio is really all about that. It's all about you coming into living contact with the Sacred Heart of Jesus. It's a privilege for all of us to be part of this network of stations in the state of Washington. And just to ponder that for a minute, you know, it's, it's heard in Washington, it's heard uh, in northern Idaho, it's heard in even western Montana, it's up in, up in uh, Alaska, and then other places that it's streaming it. You know, I get emails from around the country, so I know that play, people around the world uh, are tuning in, checking in, connecting in to uh, the, the messaging that you're hearing uh, on Sound Insight and on other programs that, that EWTN is, is broadcasting and Sacred Heart Radio picks it up and feeds it to you. Well, just to speak one word about the state of Washington, the state of Washington is in a dark place, a broken place, and it's getting darker. The anti-gospel is on the rise. The anti-Catholic spirit is on the rise. Even the demonically clever version of Catholicism is on the rise. And so the idea that you connecting into the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit getting you and you saying yes to that prayer that I prayed a little bit ago, right? I prayed it with you and for you, uh, that God... God, God knows well the direction things are in, and he's making a response. We are his response. We are the response of the Lord to this moment and this state. There's, there's, it's not an accident you're here. It is not an accident that you are here. And so, if you believe that, then it's also going to be a time where we are called to stand up, speak out, and push back. We just are. We are, or the slaughter of the innocents is going to continue. The enslaving of young people spiritually, emotionally, uh, psychologically is going to continue if we just stay silent. I I know I, I say this a lot, that it's going to take some courageous men just to stand up, speak out, and push back. Because I'll tell you what, the transgender crowd is getting more violent more organized, 
the momentum is on their side and it's going to come to a head where they will start uh, becoming physically uh, violent against Catholics and Christians who say, we love children enough to say to them, God made you male and female. And as you come to discover your God-given identity and the God-given gender that he's given to you, you will find life, peace, freedom, and hope. But the clever, seductive, pervasive, and intimidating messages that are pouring forth through stores like Target, through Bud Light, through other major corporations and platforms, they are becoming more vicious, more violent, and more outspoken against Catholics and Christians and others who stand up for the perennial truth of human nature. And so right now we're still able to eat popcorn and watch series on our favorite streaming platform and not feel the heat. But when the damage that's happening to these kids begins to become more manifest and more known, the hormones and surgeries, the, the terrible medications and, and uh, therapeutic paths that are destroying the innocence and ruining the, the peaceful development of one's sexual identity is allowed to continue to, to grow and, and be supported in laws and policies in the state and in organizations and companies. We are just going to, it's going to be time to stand up and speak out and push back strong to hold our ground, come what may. It's for a time like this. But we won't do it without God's Spirit. We won't do it well without God's Spirit. We won't do it peacefully and gracefully. Be willing to witness without God's Holy Spirit. That's the time we're living in. Okay, back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you today. I know a lot of folks, as they hear this kind of message, one of the things that you discern is, well, what am I supposed to do? God, where are you leading me? And I still am regularly meeting with folks who are discerning, how do I stay and fight and find an intentional community where I'm living to be able to have my kids be protected, provided for, and led in the midst of an increasingly toxic environment, how do I do that well? How do I find that uh, refuge? How do I find that, um, that Benedict option where I stay local, but I stay with parishes where other families that are living their faith strongly will be able to do that? And I help them discern that. And other families who say, I've got to save the baby Jesus that's going to be slaughtered unless I take action. For the sake of my family, I'm going to uproot. Not because I wanted to, not because I desired to, not because my job was leading me there, not because my family lived there, but because I am called upon to lead and provide and protect my family. And for the sake of my kids, I'm going to uproot and I'm going to move to a healthier place. I can tell you, I've lived here on the east side, in the Spokane to Coeur d'Alene corridor for three and a half years now, uh, going uh, more than three and a half years, it's much healthier. It's much healthier here. It is so much healthier here in terms of places where your kids can go to school, some wonderful classical schools out here, some wonderful parishes, and there's a density of families in the midst of a smaller geographical area that are filling parishes. And it's so powerful and it's so beautiful that your kids will be rescued. Your kids will be recovered. You'll, you'll, they'll recover their innocence. I know it. I know it. I've seen it. I've seen it, I don't know, dozens and dozens and dozens of times with all of these families that I've had the privilege to interact with. So if that's your call, I'm also here. 
I'd love to pray with you and talk to you, talk to your spouse, talk about it, think about it, pray about it. So whether you're called to stay and fight or you're called to uproot and move, whatever your call, I'm here for you. I want Sound Insight to be a place to to support you and encourage you and help you be accountable. Yes, all three of those, to support you where you're struggling, to encourage you and to celebrate the good things that that God is doing and that you see happening, but also to hold you accountable. Because if I don't tell you, who's going to tell you? Don't let anything stop you. Don't let anything hold you back. Uh, I should probably quote St. Philip Neri. When shall we begin to do good? When shall we have a mind to begin to do good? Don't let a day pass without doing some good during it. So I, there we go. At least I got in a couple (laughs) St. Philip Neri quotes, but you know, it's not easy. Okay, if, if you don't know how to get in touch with me, drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com, doctor is drtomcurran.com. That's my website where I, um, I do my real estate work. I do my real estate work not for commissions, but not for commissions, but for missions. <laughs> or I've been, there's a commission that I've received from the Lord to go help people as they called upon to discern their mission. If I could be of service to you, please go to the website. You can just click on schedule a time to talk with me. It's free, costs you nothing, no obligation. I just want to be of help to you. So if you stay and fight, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. I mentioned it earlier in the program, Pentecost Sunday, what are you going to do? What are you doing now between now and Pentecost Sunday? Hopefully you're praying, you're crying out. I said that prayer earlier in the program. If you missed it, go to mycatholicfaith.org. You can listen to that prayer. Listen to it again. Listen to it again. Let me help, Let me, you know, lean on my prayer. Uh, you can listen to it again and again to say, yes, yes, Lord, I want that. I want that power of the Holy Spirit. But then gather with others. Gather with others in that joy of the Holy Spirit in that sense of the Holy Spirit being alive. And that's happening. WWCCR, Western Washington Catholic Charismatic Renewal, is sponsoring a Pentecost rally two to five in the afternoon at St. Thomas in Tequila. It's in two days. St. Thomas in Tequila, two to five in the afternoon. It's a time of prayer, teaching, ministry, praise and worship. Western Washington Catholic Charismatic Renewal, I've known them for 25 years. Wonderful organization fostering the, uh, the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Catholic Charismatic Prayer Meetings, doing regular events, uh, including that idea of expectant faith for signs and wonders and deeds of power. So for any and all of that, go check that out if you have the time. Or even better, make the time. (laughs) Okay, I did say I was going to get around to some quotes by St. Philip Neri. Wow, dang. I'm going to have to uh, hold that in reserve. I, I guess I could pick a couple out in the little bit of time that remains. But you know what? Hey, obedience is a shortcut to perfection. That's, that's isn't that cool? St. Philip Neri. Uh, let's see. He who wishes to be perfectly obeyed should give but few orders. <laughs> that is a great quote. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let's see. Uh, men should often renew their good resolutions and not lose heart because they are tempted against them. Amen. Hey, I kind of said that earlier about prayer. Uh, There is nothing which gives greater security to our actions or more effectively cuts the snares of the the devil lays for us than to follow another person's will rather than our own in doing good. I like that. That's something I've I've actually been working on with uh, my son, John Luke. Um, challenging him to step up and to look for opportunities to serve, to give of himself and to sacrifice rather than just doing what is easy, staying staying passive or staying comfortable on the sidelines. Uh, let's see. Our blessed lady ought to be, uh, to be our love and our consolation. Oh, that's really sweet. Uh, the most beautiful prayer we can make is to say to God, as you know and will, O Lord, so do with me. Beautiful. When tribulations, infirmities, and contradictions come, we must not run away in a fright, but vanquish them like men. Ooh, that's good. Didn't I just kind of say that when it came to the reality of dealing with the the, the, the challenges of the moment? Uh, there is nothing more to the purpose for exciting. There's nothing more to the purpose for exciting a spirit of prayer than the reading of spiritual books. Hey, like the Liturgy of the Hours. 
When a man is in in an occasion of sin, let him look what he is doing. Get himself out of the occasion and avoid the sin. Nice. That's good. Uh, The greatest help to perseverance in the spiritual life is the habit of prayer, especially under the direction of our confessor. Very nice. Uh, Let's see. When a person goes to communion, he had to follow the same spirit he had in prayer and not be casting about for new meditations. Nice. I mean, I could reflect on all of these, but I'm just throwing out some nuggets of gold. There we go. Uh, Let's see. Uh, To acquire and preserve the virtue of chastity, we we have need of a good and experienced confessor. I like that. I think that's great Um, because it means you're going to confession. And it also means that you're walking with someone um, as like a spiritual director who can speak into, like over time, this is what you're struggling with again and again. Let's let's try something else. Okay. Um, let's see. Ooh, in visiting the dying, we should not say many words to them, but rather help them by praying for them. That's powerful. That's really good. Um, let's see. Excessive sadness seldom springs from any other source than pride. Wow. Because uh, this is someone who was very joyful, right? And so he didn't take himself too seriously. Um, let's see. We must not give up praying and asking because we do not get what we ask all at once. That is profound right there, brothers and sisters. You don't just pray once and then if it didn't happen, you say, well, God didn't answer my prayer. No, you keep on praying. You keep on asking. You keep on, hey, he knew this from all the vigiling he did for the coming of the Spirit in his life. So I love that. Uh, Let's see. We must always pray, God, not to let the spirit of avarice dominate over us, but that we may live detached from the affections of the world. Wow. Wow. That's so interesting. You know what? I think that actually speaks to the time in which he was living, that that was one of the temptations that church leaders were facing was greed and the comforts that money brought, the power and influence that wealth brought. So that spirit of of avarice or greed was a really big deal in his time. Oh, let's see. Let us strive after purity of heart for the Holy Spirit dwells in candid and simple minds. Wow. Uh, let's see. The fruit we ought to get from prayer is to do what is pleasing to the Lord. The fruit we ought to get from prayer is to do what is pleasing. Yes, absolutely. So you see what I'm reading here. I'm actually going, I'm just kind of scrolling through the months. Um, let's see what May 25th is, uh, 26th, you know, since it's his feast day. I wonder if they picked a good one. Let us strive after purity of heart for the Holy Spirit dwells in candid and simple minds. Nice. Uh, Look at that. I didn't even realize it. I was reading May 26th. Um, okay. Well, uh, that, that's, that's really all I have time for. Well, I hope and pray that this was a blessing to you walking through this Faith and Family Friday. Uh, my principal focus really was on prayer and helping you to, uh, you know, find the gift of the Liturgy of the Hours, something that you could commit to, and then really focusing on the Holy Spirit and making that prayer that we would fulfill God's uh, call with God's power and that we would allow the Lord to release within us what he's always intended, that we move in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. All right. God bless your day. Have a great and blessed Pentecost Sunday. And join me on Monday for more Sun Insight.